Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Well, hello, everybody. It's good to be able to be back with you here, along with my twin brother, Danny Brown. We are thrilled to be able to present our next guest. We are honored to be joined by my good friend, Kevin Johnson. Kevin is a speaker, a writer, a pastor, and the CEO of the Johnson Leadership Group. Welcome aboard, Kevin. Good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so very much for the invitation. Uh, It's an honor to be with you, and I'm super, super excited. Well, Kevin, we don't want our audience to be confused with the president and CEO of Starbucks, Kevin Johnson. <laughs> we have we have my friend, Kevin Johnson. But it's interesting enough, as we get into this topic today, and I'm going to cover that in a moment, but we're going to be talking about servant leadership. And if you go to Starbucks' website and you see who Kevin Johnson is and their CEO, it actually starts off by saying that Kevin Johnson is a passionate servant leader right? <laughs> who proudly carries the Starbucks legacy of human connection, driving a company's core strategies for growth, being of service to more than 330,000 partners who wear the green apron around the world. That's their leader, and they describe him as a servant leader. And so today, for our audience, we have an incredible guest who wrote a book on servant leadership, who leads his life in this way with his organization. So we have a authentic, genuine Kevin Johnson talking to us today about servant leadership. You do. <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you, sir. <laughs> now, this is Danny, uh, the other half of Twins Talking Up. So, uh, Kevin, great introduction by Dave. Uh, we're going to get into your book in a, in a little bit. But tell us how you got started in, in this journey, this journey of leadership, and what led you to start your company, the Johnson Leadership Group? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll make a long story as short as possible. I, I'm the son of a U.S. Marine. Uh, my, my father served in the United States Marine Corps for 20 years. Uh, and as a young fellow, I saw him in various leadership capacities. I saw him as a drill sergeant in Paris Island, South Carolina. I saw how he was very authoritative and his leadership style with the recruits and with the troops in the field. But yet when he came home, he was a totally different person. He was kind, he was gentle, he was empathetic, he was compassionate. He did hold his sons accountable and he did believe in discipline, but I saw different leadership styles depending on the audience. I got a chance to see it in the home Fast forward, I enter into the federal government, uh, just recently completed a 34-year career, and I used a lot of the examples that I saw in the home as it relates to the workplace. Frontline leaders need a certain type of leader to influence them. Mid-level leaders now have more experience. Now we need to drop some additional nuggets and add some new tools to their toolbox And then by the time we get to the senior levels within our organizations, we need constant refreshers 
and we need to adapt and be flexible to what the times call for. And so while that was happening, I was also raising three sons in the home and I was being the natural example to them on what a leader should be on two fronts. Number one, preparing them for the real world and then also preparing them to be good fathers and to be good husbands one day. And so again, I had to use the authoritative style, but I also had to use the collaborative style and be compassionate and empathetic with them while I was growing up and while they were growing up, but also instilling discipline and holding them accountable as well. And so a lot of what I learned just transitioned over into the workplace and it also transitioned over into ministry. So 20 years as a ministry leader as well. So whether I'm dealing with people who believe a certain thing as it relates to their faith or not, a lot of the principles are the same. How can we go about valuing people, caring for people, being a good listener to people, handling conflict, managing difficult conversations, and, and just being respectful to people? So once I retired, that led me to stand up the Johnson Leadership Group. It's in alignment with God's call for my life because I am a natural teacher and I am very comfortable speaking with one person or an audience of 150,000. I'm just very comfortable doing that. So I know that's a gift that comes from God. And I use that to pour into the lives of others, to teach them these various principles and strategies. I'm a firm believer, David and Danny, that our world would be a much better place with good leaders. Yes, I'm a firm believer in that. So start early so that as they grow up, they would have had something to see, something to model. And I think it's a difference maker. I really do. And that, that's my heart. That's my passion. That's the core of who I am. It's part of my DNA. And uh, go, going back to Starbucks, uh, the, the reason that I use my full name, Kevin Wayne Johnson, is, is for that exact reason. It's a relatively common name. It's, it's almost as common as Robert Smith. And so being a longtime author and sort of being in the public eye for quite a number of years, I always wanted to make sure that I distinguished the work that I was doing from other Kevin Johnson. So that's a, that's a long-winded answer to your question, but that, that's how... That's what led me to establish the Johnson Leadership Group. Well, I think that's wonderful, Kevin. This is David, and I appreciate you sharing that story and even how you want to distinguish yourself as you've got a common name. But look at Dan and I. We have common names as well. And so, you know, we try to make it clear who we are. And that's why throughout the conversation we have today, Kevin, you might hear Dan saying, this is Danny, or you'll hear me say, this is Dave. Uh, because we want people to know who's speaking. Yeah. By the way, when you talk about leadership, and I'm so glad you bring it up, and I've known Kevin for a little bit of time now, and, and I can tell you, he really leads his life this way, and he has such great integrity, and he shares from an authentic perspective. But we talk about the ministry, you know, as, fellow, as a fellow pastor. When we talk about servant leadership, and that's the topic we're covering today, we believe without a doubt that the root of it in our faith comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that. But when it comes to the modern corporations and how organizations are built in the United States, some might position that a guy named Robert Greenleaf in the early 1930s coined that phrase, at least in the corporate space, servant leadership. And he actually wrote a book about it. He's got an institution about it. It's still thriving today. 
But how would you define servant leadership, Kevin? How do you define that term today? Well, it's really three things, but it also expands beyond that. So number one is adding value to people. Now, think about it, Danny and David. You and I cannot add value to people if we don't know them, Mm. right? So a subset of valuing people has to do with listening and being genuine and just demonstrating to them on a regular basis that we give a care. Because when it's all said and done, that's what people are looking. Do you really give a care? You, you, you're familiar with Maya Angelou's quote. People don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's a very, very important concept. Number two is respect. Now, one of the key ways that we demonstrate respect to other people is just taking the time to listen. And listening is something that has to be taught because we are not innately interested in listening to people if the topic does not interest us. And and as you all probably know, but this might be new for those that are in the listening audience, we listen at a rate per minute that's different than the rate per minute that we talk. So there's many, many ways and many, many reasons why there could be a disconnect we're listening at a much higher rate than we are actually verbalizing the words. And so oftentimes there's a disconnect. And then last but not least, just showing that we are interested in putting someone else's interest ahead of ours. That's actually from the scripture. That's in the book of Philippians chapter number two. When you read verses one through four, you'll find that in the scripture where Paul is teaching the saints in Philippi to put other people's interest ahead of yours. And so that's really what servant leadership is all about. And yes, it can take place in the workplace. Uh, You know, we don't have to be, we don't have to be doormats. Mm -hmm. We can demonstrate kindness to people, but at the same time, still hold them accountable. And there are ways to do that. So that's really, those are really the three things that I really focus in on when it comes to servant leadership. And they all have different subsets. This is a topic that I could teach on for a whole year because it's not innately embedded in us. Most of us grow up and we have a lot of self-interests. It's all about us. I have to develop my career. This is what I want, et cetera. We have to be taught that it's actually more fulfilling and more joyful in this life to serve other people. And I tell people, if you don't believe me, try it. Yep. Take focus off of yourself and serve other people and let me know how that makes you feel. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. hear what I hear? That's the sound of your tribe, your audience, your people. That's the sound of your nation. The people who love to hear the sound of your voice as you bring your special message to them in your very own podcast. How do you get it to them? Let us handle that. We're a podcast nation. 
and we make sure they hear your voice. Podcast Nation is a full-service podcasting firm that does all of the hard work for you so that you can be the talent and get your message to your people. Just text PODCAST to 929-244-4323 and talk to one of our staff on how you can get started with your very own done-for-you podcast. Or go to podcastnation.com and get started today. That's P-O-D-K-A-S-T nation.com. Your people are waiting on you. Make them hear your voice. Podcast Nation. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that, Kevin. I, I, I think for you and I, we understand things a little differently. I know that in corporate America, you could call this a an area of leadership or a leadership style that can be learned. But ultimately, I believe that if you really want to see a transformation in the organization, it's got to become for the leader a calling. It's kind of like what you and I look at ministry. You, you can go serve, you can go minister, but you have to receive a calling to truly minister with that type of passion, with that type of fire, with that type of focus. And I believe that that's really what I think organizations need to be able to acknowledge. Is this just something good that we're doing or is this really a calling of ours that we yeah. lead this way and see greater growth and productivity? So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that, Gavin. Yeah, but I believe that, I believe Danny and David, I believe that embedded in us, Mm-hmm. that we have the ability to influence yes. the culture, the environment that we're in to lead that way. It, it takes a leader to do it. And that's what's happening at Starbucks. That's what's happening at Southwest. That's what's happening at Chick-fil-A. And I could go through a, a, mm-hmm. a laundry list of other organizations that I reference in the book yep. because the leader is influencing everyone else that it's okay to model this behavior. If I can do it at the top, you can do it as well. And this, this is uh, this is phenomenal. This is Danny, by the way. I I think about um, man. I just think about the world. You said it earlier today that if people had this mindset of a servant leadership role, mm-hmm. how much better the world would be. Yeah. And we we get on we get to the point where we're watching TV, watching the news, and leadership, political leaders, corporate leaders, whoever, whoever you want to say, whoever uses this term leader, <clears throat> eloquently, eloquently states things to where people want to, wow, yes, I believe you're going to do something, but the actions never show it. Right. And we, we're in the biggest pandemic this nation has seen in a long time, a health pandemic, a financial pandemic, and a mental mindset pandemic. <clears throat> Sorry, I get choked up when I think about the fact that people are not thinking about the mental damage that's being done, not just to adults, but also to children. Mm-hmm. And we can pass bills and, and laws to ensure that big corporations can't fail. But we can't follow. If we can't lead, we can't even follow the rest of the world. First world countries who have taken care of the citizens, giving them 50% or 70% of their salary, offering uh uh, uh, what we call free healthcare for everybody. Mm-hmm. We can't even do that. 
but we can just we can give twenty billion dollars to corporations that just passed twenty billion dollars to corporations that's going to go fund wars, and yep. we, we're we're arguing over giving another six hundred dollars so so people can just afford to buy food on the table. Mm-hmm. That's not servant leadership. That's what I call personal leadership of let me take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And we have the biggest wealth gap in the world. But yet, for some reason, Americans, we do not know how not to vote <clears throat> these people out. Mm-hmm. We only vote for what we know. And what right. we know is what corporations get paid for. Is, uh, I have the dollars to back me up to run for office. You don't have any money. So people are not going to know you. So they're not going to vote for you. You'd rather vote for the evil you know than for something you don't know. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it just really bothers me. When I think about that, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm so uh, happy that this is what you are living your life by. You have, uh, and I thank, you, thank your father for his service. I'm very grateful for that. My father served in the military as well, and, and, but yet your father knew how to come home and give you love. Right. And, and when I think about the fact that people, please, if you just have anything in your heart, anything, if you can show love to your own child, think about the nation the same way. And w- w- there was a study that came out, and uh, I apologize for this long-winded, uh, just a long-winded uh, response to give it to an answer. But there was a study that came out uh, by Ro- Roger Williams University. In this study, it was entitled Achieving High Organization Performance Through, and, and what that really means is that they found out that when employees perceive, I mean, just when employees perceive that their supervisors serve, empower, and cast visions to them, they will be more likely to experience the organization as one of servant leadership. They're motivated. They're excited. They're motivated by the leadership that the culture was created. They, they, they are so excited. They do more. They give more. They learn more. They do self-development all in order to help the corporation grow. When they see this example of servant leadership, uh, you know, it's not just uh, the, the politicians and everyone else who has to lead, but the people will do it too. When they see your example, mm-hmm. the, you're setting a culture as a leader yourself, people will follow. They will imitate. They will be changed by that. I mean, it, it, that just blows me away. And I know that as a, as a pastor and as a business leader uh, working for the, for the government, you have, have all this developed inside of you and people just want to follow you because of that. Uh, give us a little bit more of, of an insight on how you, over all these years, were able to put all this together from growing up in the, in the military household, from working for the government, from being a pastor. I mean, these are all separate areas, but yet they're the same thing. They're the same thing. Can you, can you break that down a little bit more, Kevin? And, and once again, this is Danny. I apologize for going long-winded, but man, I just got choked up when I started thinking about what our future would look like, what our present day would look like if we had those type of servant leadership. Oh, Danny, that was a that was a perfect lead-in, and and thank you for sharing. And we 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 feel your heart and hear your enthusiasm and your zeal. So that's really what it's all about. Because it, when the leader does what you just did, um, just out of curiosity, people will want to follow yeah. to see if it works. And and here's the thing: it's just like our faith. When, 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 I, when I ask people to give it a try and they <laughs> see go. that it works, now they're hooked. And guess what? They go out and tell someone else. 
And that's, and that's the beauty of it. So, you know, leaders have a responsibility, Danny and David, to create the tone, um, establish an environment where people can be their best. Uh, you know, when you think about the workplace or if you think about the church or any given nonprofit, any corporation, and even in academia, you know, we have a responsibility as best we can to put the right people in the position but we also have to retain them. It's one thing to get them, but we have to retain them. So retaining them has to do with giving them the proper resources, the proper tools, the proper development, and the proper training so that we will retain them so that ultimately they will live the mission, vision, and core values, and then be able to get others to do it as well. So we're using our influence, if you would, uh, to get people to do that. And so my journey is, has everything to do with leaders that I saw that I had a lot of respect for, held in high esteem, and, and wanted to emulate um, just the little things. It wasn't anything big. If I saw a senior executive carry himself or herself in a manner that was just very professional, very diplomatic, very tactful, uh, I wanted to get to know that person so that they can pour into my life. Um, when I saw someone conduct their staff meeting in a way that was just stellar, the meeting started on time, they sent the agenda out in advance, the first 120 seconds, they explained the desired outcome. And even though the meeting was scheduled for a full hour, we're done in 45 minutes because it was run so efficiently. I want to get to know that person, mm -hmm. right? In, in ministry, when I'm looking at any ministry leader, it could be a pastor or any other ministry leader, when I see them walk the talk and follow up and do what they say, when, I, when they call me by my first name and they've only known me for like a week and they've remembered my first name, yes. it go, it, it's, it's, it's really significant and you're really helping people to feel empowered, yep. valued, someone's listening, because we don't know their journey. You know, um, Danny, also in response to your question, uh, in the book, it, I use what's called uh, the, the iceberg effect. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's one of my favorite diagrams that I write about, and also I use it to speak as well. When you go on your cruise, either to the northeast portion of the nation or the northwest portion of the nation or somewhere around Alaska, and you happen to look out and you see an iceberg, and you usually see it at a distance. Well, the portion of the iceberg that you see is only about 20% mm -hmm. of the entire structure. The other 80% is below. Mm -hmm. And I equate that to people. When you and I meet people, we only see the outward. And, and, and we see the behavior and the mannerism and how they talk and how they react to things. But the rest of them, the, the other 80%, we have no clue about what's going on. We don't, we don't know the history. We don't know the background. We don't know which geographical region of the nation they grew up in. We don't know their education level. We don't know anything about their family. And all of those are factors into what we actually see. And so when I talk about this iceberg effect, I'm reminding people, don't make quick judgments about people. Get to know them and treat them with respect and dignity and value them because perhaps they did not get that at home. Yep. 
And now they're getting it because they're in your sphere of influence. And, and that can be a difference maker. And so that's why servant leadership works. We are leaders serving our people. We're developing them. We're mentoring them. We're coaching them. We're using verbal and nonverbal ways to show them the proper way to respond and to act. And I believe that if we had more of them, again, my earlier comment, uh, we would have a much better world. So the work that we're doing at the Johnson Leadership Group is starting to expand, not just here in the United States, but we're going to be working with a number of nations um, on the continent of Africa as well in 2021. And whatever other doors that will be opened, uh, we're going to walk right through those because there's a hunger. And people typically want to work with someone they know. And uh, we we have those relationships. And uh, we're going to be rolling it out uh, in January of 2021. And I'm, and I'm super excited about it. So we're currently working again in a number of different venues, Danny, which also is a representation of my background. So because my background is I'm comfortable in military settings because I grew up in a military home. I'm very comfortable working with the government because I spent 34 years there. I'm very comfortable in working across ministry, across denominations, because I've been a ministry leader for 20 years. I'm very comfortable with working here in the United States, but abroad, the UK, the Caribbean, and Africa, because I've been there and we have relationships. And all of that is what fuels my ability to be able to work with a diversity of different men and women to help them to understand the importance of good leadership. And then we don't just teach it, but then we tell them, put it to practice. And based upon how it makes you feel, that's the evidence that it works. Now go out and teach somebody else to do the same. And, and that's, that's the concept and that's the philosophy. Thank you for sharing that, Kevin. This is David. And for our listeners out there who aren't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you're not going to be able to see what Kevin put up, pulled up. He actually brought up a copy of his book. The book is entitled Leadership with a Servant's Heart, Leading Through Personal Relationships. So that's one of Kevin's books. He's done quite a few other books, but that's the one that he's referring to and really what inspired us to want to reach out to Kevin to do this podcast episode. Kevin, as a pastor, we're, we're both here ministers of the gospel and someone who's supported churches over the years. You're familiar with the phrases, the passages I'm about to quote to you here. Leviticus 19, verse 18, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And then again in Luke chapter 6, verse 31, do to others as you would have them do to you. You mentioned in your book, Leadership with a Servant's Heart, the golden rule. Now, there are people that may not be as familiar with the Bible and the scriptures I just quoted, but most people have probably heard of something called the golden rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, Describe the golden rule and what you mean by leaders that are secure give away power. Yeah. So the the, the reason I use the golden rule is because it's universal. The overwhelming majority of people know what the, what the golden rule is, no matter what they may believe in terms of their faith. And that's why I use that. Um, I, I firmly believe that it's, it's a foundation for what servant leadership is all about because it helps us to recognize and acknowledge that when we were under the leadership of a bad leader, yeah. remember how it made you feel. Mm. 
when you were under the leadership of a good leader, remember how it made you feel. We don't necessarily remember what they said or even what they did, but we will forever remember how they made us feel. Yeah. And when people ask me that question, you know, I go all the way back to my fifth grade French teacher, Miss Taylor, and my 11th grade English teacher, Miss Atkins, because they both were able to speak into my life at a time where I needed it. I was 10 years old in the fifth grade, and I was 16 year old, years old in the 11th grade. Mm. And I remember them just like almost yesterday, how they poured into my life and, and helped me. And what they were doing is they were treating me, their neighbor, as themselves. Mm. And they were putting me, my interests above their own because they could see the potential in the little 10-year-old boy and the 16-year-old teenager that I could never see. I, I had no idea that one day I would grow up and be a speaker in front of people. Danny and David, you all know that when you do a poll and a survey, the overwhelming majority of Americans put public speaking as one of the top three fearful things, right? Yep. Death, flying on an airplane, and public speaking. And uh, because they poured into my life as a young man, um, I've been in front of crowds just speaking just as comfortable as I could be because they saw the potential in me long before I did. And in part, that's what servant leadership is, being able to see and discern and pick up on the potential in people that they can't see. And that's a, that's a difference maker. I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin. Um, that's a great point. What, 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 we talked earlier about the other Kevin Johnson, the CEO from Starbucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you mentioned Chick-fil-A. That's been a great example of servant leadership. Any other examples you might want to share or maybe perhaps even from your own company that might be helpful for our listeners to understand servant leadership in action? Yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite, and there's a bunch of them, one of my favorite is something that all of us enjoy doing, and that is travel. Many of us enjoy traveling, and once we get through this pandemic, we can't wait to get back to it. Think about, I, I often ask people, what is your favorite domestic airline? And I just pause and wait for the answers to come. I, I smile because I already know the answer, but the majority, not all, but the majority of people say Southwest. And I ask the question, why? And I get everything from they're personable, they have great customer service, they have the best rates on their, on their website. That's usually number one. Uh, and they're just very, very easy to deal with. Also, when you call their 800 customer service number, you usually get through within three minutes. Yeah. But then I also ask them to think about something else. And here's another reason that you probably don't realize because it's subconscious. When you get on board of any particular Southwest flight going anywhere in the domestic US, when you take your seat and you look forward, I ask people, what do you see? Hmm. And they, they, they'll say anything from, well, the pilot, uh, the flight attendant, other passengers. I said, nope, focus, think about it look straight ahead, and what do you see? And it's, oh yeah, the image of the heart. Mm. 
mm. right? That image of the heart. And, and, and so the heart of this particular airlines that has grown tremendously over the last three years, 30 years, uh, which has moved into first place, uh, it's, it's in their heart to deliver good customer service, uh, to be servant leaders. And they did things much differently. They were the first airlines where the, uh, the flight attendants would actually uh, tell jokes um, on the flight, get people to laugh and to be humorous, et cetera. So that company, along with Chick-fil-A, are really the two that I talk about the most. Chick-fil-A is only open six days a week. And, and the customer service is off the chain, right? And, and they outsell their, their closest competitor, KFC. They outsell them. Uh, they triple the sales of KFC, although they have three times as many more restaurants and the fact that they're open seven days a week, they still outsell them by three times. It's really amazing. Why? Because in the heart, the core of the business is all about customer service, servant leadership. So those are the those are the two. There are many others, but those are really the two that come to mind immediately. That is phenomenal. This is Danny. I, I love the examples, and uh, I, I think l- let's stay with let's continue with these examples because I think right now um, you're going to see these leaders. They're going to come up and say, uh, "Mr. Johnson, uh, we know we lack this in our organization." Mm-hmm. So help us. How do we have this mind shift? How do we improve our leadership effectiveness? How do we um, change? So let's talk a little bit about the role of communication being a vital component of that. Yeah. So excellent question, Danny. So everything is done in the spirit of teaching. Yeah. So just the fact that they ask that question begins the teaching process. So I'm going to sit them down and have them to start to have a conversation with the people on their team. We're not going to get to the root of whatever the issue might be until we have a conversation and give everybody the opportunity to give their input and their feedback. Right. That, and so that's a teaching moment in and of itself. And then the other part to your question around communication, the reason that communication is so vital is because we, we communicate in three different ways. It's not just the words that we say. As a matter of fact, depending on what you say, for the most part, people kind of forget about it. But how you say it, the tone, the inflection, uh, sends a very, very clear message. And then also the body language, the facial gestures, the hand movements, speaks volumes. Oftentimes, if you all remember when you were little boys, um, oftentimes your parents would give you that look, right? They didn't, they, they didn't say a word, they just give you that look. And you knew, <laughs> you just knew something was going to happen, right? And you probably had an idea of what was going to happen. So we communicate both verbally and non-verbally and people need to understand that. And so that's the second teaching moment. And so I just received a, call, a phone call earlier this week from a team that's going through transition. And what was interesting in the conversation is the person that I was talking to is the head of the organization, but he happened to be pointing his finger at the deputy. And without me saying anything, it was just a teaching moment. In, in my mind, I'm saying it might not be a deputy. Mm-hmm. It might be somebody else on the team, or it might be you. 
So here, here's what I recommend. The first thing we need to do is make sure that we have a conversation with the team so we can get to the root of what's going on. And then we can identify probably three or four particular issues or concerns that we can start to have a conversation about. And then we can move toward having the team to be gelled and, and, and to perform at a very high level. But you're right, it all starts with communication and with conversation. And the other teaching moment is teaching people how to listen mm. because you can't just interrupt a person or change the subject in the middle of their sentence because then the defense mechanisms are gonna go up and it's not gonna be very productive. So yeah, that would, that's a great question. And it's, it's a teaching moment. Every, everything that we do as leaders is a teaching moment for the recipient that we're having a conversation with. We'll be right back after this short break. We wanna thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash DSB Leadership Speaking. Also consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin. This is David. Before I ask what I want to get you to do is dig a little deeper we talk about communication. We talk about personal example. I want to hear, are there any other practical advice or strategies that a leader can do to implement this type of culture and really shift of leadership model in their company? But before you answer that, I want to really put this out to our listeners. If you're really enjoying our program, if you're enjoying the topics that Danny and I are delivering, I want you right now to subscribe to this show, give us a five-star rating, and even consider becoming on, uh, coming on as a supporter of the program. You can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash DSB Leadership Speaking, and then you can reach out to me and my twin via email. We want to get you on to this program. We want to know what interests you, but right now, I'm giving you a call to action. Subscribe to the program. So, Kevin, back to the question I had. Are any other thoughts on strategies or practices that a leader can implement to make sure that this culture shift is happening outside of personal example and communication? Um, the one thing that does come to mind is recognition. Let, let's talk about that just very briefly, recognition. So recognition can be formal, but it can also be informal. 
you and I do not have to wait for a designated time of the year to give someone feedback on how they're performing or whether or not they're a high producer. It's something that can be done on a regular basis. I always tell people uh, the best thing that we can do as leaders is just make sure that we speak to people. Yes. Hello, how are you doing? You're, you're a valued member of our team. We could not have accomplished that without you. That was a wonderful briefing and presentation that you did the other day. Thank you so much. So glad you're here. Very informal, yeah. uh, but you can do it on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be too consistent, but on a regular basis, letting them know that they are a valued member of the team. And then, of course, the formal recognition as well, whether it's a cash award or you know, some type of a trip or a day off, we can do that as well. But recognize that the other person even exists mm. will go, it goes a long way because again, they might not be getting that at home. They might not be getting it at, uh, from their neighbors or, or from other family members. And so to be able to come into a workplace that's congenial, that's warm, that's inviting, uh, makes a big difference. It helps them to not only excel as it relates to their potential, but it's also good for the soul. You know, it's good for the soul. This is Danny, by the way. I, I, I totally agree with you on that one. I, um, man, when I, when I think about the way I lead my employees and, and over the years when I was leading global sales, even different cultures and all over the, around the globe, I always have this five to one rule. You, you, you do five good compliments or lifting up or building up before one criticism. Mm-hmm. And today, when we look at leadership, you are criticized almost every day of the week. You're afraid to be honest. You're afraid to be open about what you think about anything. And the reason why is because you don't see your leaders doing that. You don't see the leaders uh, you know, doing that at all. And so when we think about this going forward, tell me, uh, just give us an example of someone who throughout your life, uh, and I know you, your father was one uh, who exemplified this type of servant leadership style in your life, because I know that we always think in our mindset, it has to be the CEO of a company, right. but it could be anybody in your life. Uh, yeah. Can you give us a share an example to us on who was that individual or individuals that impacted your life uh, of being a true example of a servant leadership? Uh, let me go back to when I was a mid-level leader in my government career, I had done something for the very first time in my organization that had never been done before. So a little bit about, a little bit more about Kevin Johnson. I've always been this ambitious type guy, right? Uh, I, I see the sky and uh, I'm, I'm going to shoot for the moon because if, if I don't get to the moon, at least I'll be amongst the stars, right? That's just who I am. And um, I, I put in some paperwork. It was really a complete package for what was called the executive potential program when I was in the mid-level of my career. And it had never been done before in the organization. There was no policy or guidelines or directives on how you submit your package to the leadership for review and consideration for this program. Uh, It was a $15,000 investment for the organization at the time for a full one-year development program as I made my way up to the executive level. Um, I got great support from my immediate supervisor. I received equal good support, but lots of questions from the next level. I received outstanding support from the former retired colonel 
mm. at the next level because he gets it. Then it got to the deputy senior executive in the organization who always saw the glass half empty, but he was a good guy. And after answering some questions, he moved it up to his boss. And by the time it got to the top person, so I'm, I had to go through five reviews and it took a couple of weeks. But by the time it got to the top person, even though he approved it, he asked all of the other managers in the other areas of the organization and they lost their mind. That's not fair. You can't do that. I have some people I want to consider, blah, 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 blah. It caused a huge disruption, but ultimately it was approved. And to me, that's what servant leadership is all about. I, I was rewarded because I was proactive in taking a stance with my own career because along the way, when they asked questions, I told them I wanted to be in a position where I could help others. Amen to that. Now, I love that. That's now, now as a result, they, they did write, they did have to write some policy because <laughs> some of those managers were irate, right? Um, they did have to write policy going forward in the future. If you want to apply for any of these developmental programs and you're going to be gone for a while, you have to go through this process. But um, I did get the support, but it did ruffle some feathers. But uh, and then the rest is history. Uh, I enjoyed the process. Uh, I was promoted, made it up to the certain level. And that's the leadership style that I exhibited because I kept my word. I, I said, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, once I complete this program, because that's my heart. That's the core of who I am. This is David. I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin. And that's such a great point. It's the aspect of integrity. It's who you are is what they see and what they hear and what they ultimately get as a result of being around you. Mm -hmm. When we think about servant leadership, would, would it be fair to say that the people that you're serving, your employees, your staff, that they're really the true barometer of how successful you are at being a servant leader? I would say yes and no. Okay. Uh, I would say yes, because I find that in any given organization, there's always going to be pockets of excellence. Mm. There are always going to be a core group of people that will want to do what's right, um, follow the rules and the guidelines and come in alignment with the mission and vision. But you're always, as a leader, and this is where I want to be very careful, as a leader, we are always going to find ourselves in a position where there's going to be somebody or somebodies that have their own personal agenda. You know, if I was in that position, I could do it better. I don't understand why you're going to do it this way when you should be doing it that way. This organization needs the blah, 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 blah. So um, the, the ones that you would consider the pocket of excellence are really the ones that I really continue to focus in on uh, and give the attention, but use the right influence to get others mm. to catch on, um, you know, be that spark to get them on fire as well. I, I just had an incident this week. I, I just finished a full week of leadership development training with the frontline federal government workers. We had 28 people. We walked them through a series of leadership principles all week. And on the first day, the most senior ranking person in the class came out very negative. On the first day and the second day, I've already taken this. I already know this stuff. I've been there. I've done that. I don't need to be here. And we did not 
fuel the fire. We stayed on par. We continued to be respectful, open-minded, uh, congenial, um, and, and, and valuing every person. And by day three, Wednesday, she had done an about face. And for the rest of the week, very professional, very diplomatic, and very tactful. And I told my team, how did that happen? I said, we didn't fuel the fire. If you had fueled the fire, it would have been a fight all week. Mm. And at the end of the week, she would have given a very, very poor evaluation because she demonstrated out the bat she didn't want to be there. So what we did, we focused on those that wanted to be here. And when she realized we weren't going to take the bait, mm -hmm. she came around. And, and that, that, that's what I meant by saying yes and no. Those that are within the sphere of influence that want to follow, those are the ones we're going to focus on and develop. And the ones that don't, over time, ideally, we hope that they will change. I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin. This is David. Yeah. And, and I'll say this. When you think about the ability to influence, that's what this is. This. Servant leadership is really serving with a way to think about their betterment, how to help them to improve performance, uh, well-being, mm -hmm. because ultimately it influences and helps the company as a whole. So when we're focusing on serving versus profit, yeah, and profit is going to come. I believe that without a doubt because we've seen it. But I do appreciate you sharing that insight. And, and I want you to know our audiences are going to be thrilled. Perhaps one day, Dan, this could be our goal coming into next year that we're going to interview the other Kevin Johnson because we want to have them on. But yeah. we want the audience to really be know that they're going to be really blessed from listening today to our time, understanding that the topic of servant leadership isn't a dying topic or dying type of leadership. It's one that needs to continue to grow and thrive, not just in our communities, in our organizations, but also in our top leadership across our country. So, Kevin... Wayne Johnson, I want to thank you for joining us today on behalf of my twin brother and I in the Twins Talking Up podcast. It has been an honor to have you here on our show. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, both. And I uh, really appreciate it. Had a great time. And um, hopefully we can get together more frequently in 2021. Yes. Well, that'll be a goal for me as well. I want to thank all of you guys for listening today. Please tune in for the next episode of the Twins Talking Up podcast. And as I mentioned before, follow, hit the subscribe button, give us a five-star rating, and send us your topics and ideas you want to hear us share about. And don't forget, you can have a commercial spot on our program. You can sponsor our show. I want to thank incredible leaders like Kevin Wayne Johnson for joining us because this is what makes the show so beneficial for all of our listeners out there. Thank you again. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.